Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Land.com can help you find that little patch of ground to call your own and do all the hunting, fishing, and hanging out with the family you want. Just know that getting your own piece of land is something that can generate memories for generations, but also has the ability to generate income in both the near and long term. Like if you just want to start a rental business slash family compound. Go to Land.com and check out the hundreds of thousands of rural listings from all across America. Enough dreaming about it. Land.com is a place to find and invest in in your open space. Your getaway with Apple Vacations begins the moment you step on board one of our exclusive non-stop vacation flights. Escape the ordinary with packages starting at just $599. No layovers, just pure relaxation from takeoff to touchdown. Immerse yourself in the joy of travel with Apple Vacations. Your journey is as enchanting as the destination, so pack your bags and leave the rest to us. Visit AppleVacations.com or call your local travel advisor to book your vacation. Conversation about it. About what? Us. One more week. One usmanship. Welcome to another episode <laughs> of hashtag one usmanship. We're Trick just going to ride those coattails hard. Yeah. Associate all, this podcast with us in your mind. Yeah. No all of reason. you, all of you accidental Jordan Peele fans <laughs> who are listening to this podcast, now, keep listening. Now, what do you mean by accidental Jordan Peele? Fan? I mean, for that to work, for this joke to work as a real draw, they had to have clicked on this thing thinking it was about Jordan Peele's ah. wonderful film, Us. Find out it isn't, but still listen because we tricked them. Sure, sure. <laughs> a I good thought, plan, a good I business plan. You meant Jordan Peele had somehow con cocked like content traps you can accidentally become a jordan peele fan wake up and be like oh shit i like jordan peele i like key and peele yeah. i like to get out there are such a thing as happy accidents yeah. you know like that's what that would be that's true yeah but we're talking about a very unhappy accident or two yes at least one one accident. for claire one for leon yes if you take the uh well, I don't want to get into it. I was, I was going to talk about, are there really two separate timelines in this thing? Oh, cool. That yeah. bodes well. We do want to get into Resident Evil 2 Remastered. Mm -hmm. So we will. Yeah. So that's what this is. Checkpoint passed. That takes us to the speed round. Whose turn is it? Oh, Want a Rochambeau? I don't care. Uh, I I just I my mind is blank now. Really? About re we've been so you lucky. You just played it. I know, but we've been so lucky... Uh, having guests that I've pushed off the speed run for months. Well, by people. the way, behind the curtain, yeah. you're not as big on guests as me. That's true. Not, 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 not because I like You love all them. the people yes. that we love equally. Correct. But you don't feel a pressure. I go like, the show needs a guest or we can't record. And if schedules don't work out, you're like, we could just do it. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. we don't ever have to have one. That's my opinion. 
I think we have to have someone do the speed run. <laughs> I'll take it. I don't All right. care. Good. Speed run. Resident Evil 2 is a genre divining. Defining. Divining. It's a divine genre defining. Mm. Zombie survival horror game originally released on PlayStation 1. I think that's right. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, Adam's going to confirm that, but I remember the graphics being that bad, and I remember being that tiny. Um, when it first came out. But we decided to talk about it through the lens of the remaster. I do remember some aspects of the original that I want to talk about, but we're mainly talking about the remaster, widely available a month or two ago. And so everyone's been sort of revisiting Resident Evil 2. In it, you can play one of two characters, Claire Redfield and Leah, or Leon uh, Spinks, Trotsky, I don't remember. Leon the cop. And, uh, Kennedy. Leon Red- S. Kennedy. Oh, all right. Yeah. Leon Skinnity. Who, uh, they either way, you roll up to Raccoon City, which has been infested by a zombie virus. You fight various zombies until you're done fighting all the zombies. Much Mm. like most zombie plots, it's just get in, get out. The game was defined by having a limited amount of ammunition and other resources, uh, like inescapable horror elements, and a lot of the things we now take for granted in the genre we call survival horror, which, if... To you whippersnappers out there, when I was a kid, was not even a genre. Like it didn't have its own no, separate there classification. Enough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's the speed round. Stop the clock, which yeah. I forgot to start. So I have the high all, highest all-time score at zero <laughs> seconds. It's like a game of street chess with you. Mm, speaking of street chess, bink! I hit a little clock on top, which is passing the checkpoint. Um, finding. Bobby Fisher, you have to do the first rant as we'll my do the first rant. player one. Yeah. Uh, okay, so... Searching for Bobby Fisher. It was that. <laughs> that was the moment. I was watching you search for that transition, and it was it was not a pretty search, my friend. <laughs> I was a fisher of men, and the man I was fishing for was Bobby Fisher. <laughs> no one knows what we're talking about. No, that's a lot of references. <laughs> yeah. Layered on layered. Um, here's what I thought. I, I thought this game was... Pretty good in general. Pretty good game. Um, I think all of Resident Evil is... I like the formula of Resident Evil, which is essentially really hokey acting with pretty slow zombies. You're usually pretty slow also, uh, where you have to find the right items to unlock the next area, to get to... The plot stuff basically three quarters of the way through. That's when you start getting real plot stuff. I think you're pretty slow with this shit take on Resident Evil, but continue, continue. I don't hate the game. I'm just saying that. I'm just saying that. Uh, I think it's pretty good. I think people losing their mind over it seemed uh, a little unjustified to me because having just played Resident Evil Seven, and just for the fans' sake, I can tell you, I've played one, I've played zero, I've played two, <laughs> I've played four, and I've played seven, and little bits of five. So that's how much Resident Evil I've played. It's enough to talk about it. I thought that 7 was more interesting because I hadn't played 2 until this remake. So I don't know if the nostalgia factor is really important in people's reaction to this. Um, In general, I thought the plot was whatever. I don't care about it. Um, I think that the choice to remodel this game to be more like Resident Evil 4 was a good choice. Um... It would have been really interesting if they'd made it first person. I think I might have liked it even better if it had been first Four person. Four wasn't first person. No. But uh, seven, but seven was. Yeah. Right, and this is post that, so that was kind of an interesting call. 
Because they chose to remodel it after four, right. I think, and that, that was fine. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think Resident Evil in general is fun, not amazing. I think I like the puzzle part better than the horror part in Resident Evil. Um, I like the horror for the first hour of the game, then I find it frustrating because the monsters get good enough that they're not fun to kill anymore. They're just a pain in the ass. And I think that's it for me. Passing the reins to player two, I'm going to tell you a little story now. Mm. <laughs> Gather around. Wow. My rant is wow. a simple anecdote. I think I saw an eye open on your shoulder just now. What is that? Oh, it's <laughs> a reference to the game we're talking about. <laughs> well played. Well played. Yeah, so... When this game f- first came out, I was at a sleepover birthday party where a bunch of shit happened. Shit got wild, but I'll save yeah. most of it for a rough stuff episode in the wow. future. Um, like dog semen was involved, but I won't even get. What? I'm saving it for a screenplay. Now that is a teaser. Okay. It is a teaser. Yeah. <laughs> and the story's a letdown. It's that a dog humped a pillow and it's and semen it came, came on out. That and we were all eight and we went, oh shit. <laughs> Oh, John's mom, look what the dog did. Uh-oh. Someone's in trouble, but not really. Um, anyway, Joe was there, and Joe was not allowed to see movies other than, I believe, In the Name of the Father and one other one that featured a priest because his family was so strictly Catholic, that Irish Catholic, sure. that he wasn't allowed to see films, which I don't think is a specific tenet of Catholicism. No. It was just that they were also strict. Yeah. But my point being, even though in the name of the father is like crazy violent, yeah. I couldn't see it at that age. He could see that because it was an Irish Catholic priest and car bombings and stuff. Um, anyway, so of course, no video games. And it was the night that Resident Evil 2 came out on the three disc set, like the yep. OG one. Yep. And he started playing it, and he played it for like 34 hours consecutively. Wow. Completed it, wet his pants, refused sure. to get up or move. Sure. Literal addict. Right. We all went, we're like, we're going to have a Nerf war in the park. And he's like, I reek of piss. I'm too far in. Just leave me. I'm playing Resident Evil 2. And I think his behavior is laudable and justified. <laughs> I love Resident Evil 2. Well, that was to con- contrast with you saying it was unjustified. I think people should lose their minds about it, and it's fitting because zombies will discover those lost minds and sure. gobble them up. They sure will. Um, I have played one, two, four, five, some of six, and seven, and I think two is the only one that actually feels like grounded horror. And well, they- and one. And one. Right. Yeah. And one. And, but they quickly went off the track into this land of like superhero horror. Yes. And I find for insanely fun from a gameplay standpoint, but two is the perfect iteration of the series for me. Okay. That's what, I've heard that a lot. Seven just is a stinker in my opinion. Oh, that's really a topic for a different Interesting. day. Well, I told you like, I don't like, I shit on alien isolation in our last talk about dead space for similar reasons. Seven is too far into what I would call Modern survival horror, which is like, we pulled out all the stops. You will feel anxious the whole time. Yeah, it, like, is, it is. I tense. don't actually want to feel anxious the whole mm. time. <laughs> but that's my thing. End of rant. That's interesting. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. 
featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Oh, such a clutch pickup, Dave. <laughs> I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for 40% off site-wide and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for 40% off site-wide at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. So we'll pass another checkpoint. Get out your typewriter ribbon. Punch up, uh, you know, great American novel. <laughs> what are they Don't writing? Overwrite it. What are they? T- yeah, I ass- I a diary entry about what's happened since the last time you said. I it, assume right? there's okay. a lot of uh, there's a lot of self narrated prose being typed out in this Still world. Still miss my brother. <laughs> uh, so hey, Adam. Yeah. What do you call uh, someone who identifies as male homosexual and culturally Jamaican? I don't know. Game on. <laughs> my God. Off the top of my head. Not wow. bad. Wow. Okay. That's that's one of the better that's ones. That's the new bar. Now yeah. I got to have a pun every time. Like I had to rub my eyes and really think <laughs> about that. that. That really got me. Um, okay. <laughs> Thoughts about the remaster? Well, I okay. Should we start with discussing it as a piece unto itself first? Yeah, yeah. Or the differences between it and the original? I think we okay. should say the differences to the end because I, I right. think that makes it I think the who cares about that as much okay. as what the game is. And did you right? play through the original or have no, memories? No, I never played okay. the original. I played through one, which I understand is the same way that two was made, right? Where they had these, like, you were basically in still frames and you had to navigate 
through the space with that clunky control style. Yeah, yeah. but I want to talk more about that if we're talking about the differences. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying. So let's talk about yeah. RE2 Remastered as an experience. Yeah. Um, did you? Who'd you go for first? I Claire played or through Claire. I didn't finish Leon's sure. thing because I was like, okay, I've played the game now. Um, Claire That's is the 79% one I picked. 79% true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, because I remember Chris Redfield better than I remember Leon Kennedy for some dumb reason. Do I don't even is he in later games? I don't. He's remember. in the first game. I, oh, oh, he's the guy. That's right. That's yeah. right. But then he has uh, the lore, you guys. The lore of Resident I Evil. I barely remembered it, honestly. Nutty. Yeah. Especially if you try to connect it to the films. Well, it's the films go insane. off the rails, right? Right, like, right, right. Yeah. But I, there's a room you do discover in the Shield, uh, like special ops room, a mm-hmm. note on his locker that implies that he left before the zombie outbreak even started. Yeah. Um, he went to Europe on vacation, but his letter's like, <laughs> like, hey, don't wait up for me. I'm going to be banging lots of poon while I'm here. <laughs> and she basically says he wouldn't like write the note like that. And there's a clue later that, and I think it comes into the later games. It must where like he's actually been taken by umbrella corp to do more experience experiments on. And that I assume perf- I, that forms the crux of three, but I will say resident evil nerds are going to be dissatisfied with the depth of my detailed knowledge on the lore. They <laughs> should be. I would argue in general that resident evil isn't a lot more coherent than metal gear solid. Ooh, it's spicy. not, I know it's not as stupid, but it's not a spicy, lot less stupid. Spicy. It's not, it's, um, it's pretty stupid, but this is what I'm saying about too. So, and I think I just don't remember one as well because I think I was literally 11 when I played two. So I must've been like nine and I just don't remember it really. It came out in 2002. I want to say that I should have been, then all my memories are faulty and I have no idea what I'm talking about. I'm actually going to look up what, when that came out. But the point is my, I can say this with veracity. I don't have memories of one, but I know for a fact I did play through it and I can't speak to one. No, Resident Evil 2 is 1998. There you go. So I was 13. That, and that is PS1. You were right I was about 13. That. Yeah. Um, regardless, I guess I just have an even shittier memory than I thought. 13's old enough that I should recall it, but I don't remember Resident Evil 1. Right. But all the other ones I do remember, when you compare it, as I said, they branch into this sort of Marvel universe, if you will, of zombies. Um, especially when, because survival horror is all about empowerment and disempowerment. And in 4... They finally made the controls so good that if you practiced a little, you were like, I'm fucking good. I'm stacking zombie bodies to yes. the roof. Like you and didn't then they made feel, the zombies harder. You didn't feel... Yes, but... And yes, you still felt anxious if you eventually got swarmed, but it's different than the feeling in this remake where, obviously, everyone knows Mr. X. There's one zombie that can basically not be killed and will always find you. It follows style. And then even the other zombies, I would say, each individual zombie is an event. It's was like the original Mr. X a Dick Tracy villain like this guy was? Is that what he looked like in Resident Evil 2? I don't remember if he had, because a trench coat's fine. You have a giant homunculus. <laughs> you send your assistant to the store. They go to like the big and tall men's store. <laughs> That's a massive concession immediately. What are they going to bring back? A trench coat makes sense. A muumu, you know. But why? <laughs> Those aren't the only two options. Who puts a fedora on your giant like zombie operative, why does he need a Dick Tracy? You know hat? they had like sketches that they get before they went to that like whatever that yeah. <laughs> that trade in store where mm. they got that fucking outfit <laughs> from the forties, that army surplus store or whatever. Yeah, like they had sketches of what they wanted to look of like. Course. 
Because they dressed him like a villain. It's I do like, like when you finally get a close-up of him in a cutscene, and yeah. he's like, oh, he's all wrinkled up. <laughs> yeah, he's an old-looking man. Yeah. yeah. The big point I was trying to get out, and then, then it's your turn, yeah. is um, two to me, and this is also a spicy take, I think, if you excise all story elements and all other games and just focus on two, right. and possibly one, but I don't remember. Sure. It reminds me of the script for the original Die Hard. Like, I feel like it's that tight. With that One is. few extraneous pieces and that like that level of precision execution of the story beats. And I think it is very, very like one of the strongest zombie stories and worlds that plays out that I've ever experienced self-contained. And then if you add one, three, four, five, six, seven, it's like, well, this is no longer this is garbage now, right? That's the problem with all video game sequels. I also think four and five are fun as hell, but it's totally inconsistent. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but see, like, I still feel like we're arguing from a place where, like, but it was always stupid a little bit. Like, the first Resident Evil takes place in an old eccentric mansion, and it's got kind of a like a like a horror clue vibe. Because there's people running around in that fucking mansion that shouldn't be there all the time. And there's like a mystery that happens to involve a lot of people who are crashed, like who are like stuck in this place. And I know it like, has, it's all convenient. It has the Lara Croft and the Uncharted dilemma where right. you're like, who build a human sized chess puzzle with gears under Yeah, why would that turn happen? lasers and mirrors yeah. into this haunted house? <laughs> who built this shit? <laughs> I understand making zombie people, right. but this fucking puzzle's stupid. Well, yeah. dude, even like. I just finished the Uncharted DLC, which is mm. enjoyable, short yeah, I've and heard sweet. That. But it takes such... Li- it's like how in Avengers now, you just go, they burn down the town fighting aliens, but sure. the town will be rebuilt. It's fine. Um, in Uncharted, they get to the point where it's like, Oh, no one ever discovered that in the jungle there's this little stone button that like rotates a crater four miles wide <laughs> and makes a parabolic disc shine a laser across the continent. The natives literally <laughs> yeah. are literally losing their village right now because <laughs> right. of the seismic impact of this. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's true. It, it is very convenient. Um, and I, I will say, I think, well, that is a difference, but it's the difference that must be named early on. Yeah. The uh, it's almost an accidental bonus, but like the fact that the original Resident Evil games, like you said, you're on stilts and you turn and walk forward, and they're hard to play. They're physically hard to the play. The controls, yes. are bad. Yes, it was sort of packaged, and I think became embraced by the players who love it as no, that's part of its vibe. That's that's what makes it hard. It's scary because the controls are so bad. Yeah, I keep get caught. getting cut. Right, right. and you're like. You can look at that, obviously, in one of two ways. And as I said, it's not even like throwing shade on the execution. They were working with what they had at the time or whatever. This is not the episode to talk about the original directly. But that fact made it feel like alien isolation. You would feel like throwing the controller at the screen. Like, why can't I get away? Oh, God, it got me again. Yeah. And I love the experience now that even though Mr. X is terrifying in his own like quaint way, um, I felt like for the most part I had enough ammo. I could run away. And when I died, it was because I fucked up and I knew how I fucked up. I think that's true. I found there wasn't as much health as I was used to in a Resident Evil game. Definitely not four, five, six. They're dropping herbs all the time. Yeah, they're not dropping too many in this game. And it was a little light on the ammo. 
like because I, I every time I had to kill one of those like clicker blind hoppy fucking cheetahs like those dudes, you know, uh, I never had the ammo to kill multiple ones in a room for whatever reason. Maybe I'm just burning through grenades too fast, but no, I think it's that. You, as a gamer, you are not stealth-oriented. No, I don't. Yeah, I never true. got caught by a liquor, nor did I ever even think to try to kill one. They're blind. You never killed a liquor? No, you're supposed to conserve your ammo by just walking past them. You oh. memorize which rooms they're in, and you don't run in those rooms. The end. That's the sound of me wiping my hands. Like... No, but see, that's why you're light on ammo. I saved 64 no, you're bullets right. Yeah. right there. That's yeah. true. <laughs> I just enjoy their death rattle so much. I will, I'll never like, hear feeling that feeling free to run. Because like, the other thing about Resident Evil is it's one of the most backtracky games ever. And that, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I, I it, No, like, I actually think it, it pulls... Each location pulls its weight fairly well. Yeah. And so actually, you're not frustrated having to run through the mansion a bunch right. of times. You know, like, and mansion this time is police station, but actually museum. Well, and so, I, okay. well, yeah, police station built on an ancient set of catacombs that leads to an orphanage right. that also has a lab that goes into the bowels. The lab of the stuff is always where it's like, this is garbage now, like in is terms it? of narrative. So the there... labs are impossible. Okay. They're all impossible. Damn, I don't know what to say. They're all so dumb. No, because you haven't seen us yet. No, don't we say anything. We have to just veer the conversation. Yeah, don't say anything. Okay. Okay. Um, but I guess I find vast underground labs not unbelievable. There's lots of stories that utilize that trope that I like. That is true. I'm even writing a screenplay with one right now, now that okay. I think about it. This is not a spoiler. Literally, frame one of us is text on black that says... There was a lab. There are vast underground tunnels throughout under the United States. No one knows what they're used for. Oh, um, fair enough. So I'm just saying, if Jordan Peele backs the trope, I'll give it like that's a good that's a usable trope. I don't. It's, I'm not saying that it's unusable. You I'm said s- that's when it becomes the plot becomes garbage to you. It, a little it's bit. When there's Umbrella Corp. Under shit, a right? fuck yeah, under an orphanage. Well, they're they're experimenting on those kids. I know, but like of course the, the underground these underground laboratories are right. not like they're not like little rooms where they're like flasks and shit. They're like vast cavernous floorless like oh it's like nasa shit it's insane it's it's like a trillion dollar government program yeah Yeah. it's like langley times 10 you know like it's so crazy in there that's true that's the part that's like how is this happening well i think that's the artistic license they take of like sure they just handed it over to a concept artist of course and they didn't say the hypothetical government agency that was able to siphon money off of other projects to do this has this budget they were like draw it cool I'm sure that's what they did, but again, every zombie Make a story, cool lab. pretty much every zombie story I'm aware of feels beholden to like, listen, okay, it's zombies, we know, we know, zombies are dumb, so we're going to find a really grounded, intelligent reason why these zombies exist that's not, they're summoned from the dead, right? Like, it's not a magic thing, like there's a biochemistry, this or that. So this game has gone so far the other direction to create a biochemical reason for these fucking zombies that it's like, to me, I'm like, that's stupid. What's the difference? If the plot were an iceberg, the part above the water would be shooting zombies and the part under the water would be long explanations of how the zombies came to be. Completely insane. Which person, of course, the boss of one of the plot lines, I sometimes forget which is Leon's story, which is Claire's, but is you end up uncovering... 
the basic and straightforward, I will grant you, but the reason I reference Die Hard is tightly constructed, very clear, and very engaging. Very much so. Story that is, oh, you slowly uncover it was this scientist. He had good intentions, but he pushed it too far. This happened. Well, and he got he pride about patient. his project. Yeah, right? yeah, he became patient zero, right. and the final boss is him. In the other story, the final boss is Mr. X. Oh, okay. Who That's they also call what? Project Titan or something? I was surprised. I think he was a reference to the first one, too. I, I was surprised when I went online and everyone was calling him Mr. X because in the game I didn't see him called that anyway. I think that's a thing people just know. Okay. I think it's like an internet knowledge. It's like, when do you find out in Shadow of the Colossus your character's name is Wander? I don't mean to harp on and on about how dumb it is. It's just that it feels like people don't care that it's dumb. And the reason sure. most people like this Resident Evil is because it's the best narrative of them. I would argue right? that people are doing due honor to the true innovations of the original, not the remaster, at that time when it came out. Um, there weren't a lot of games that evoked horror that intense. I'm sure that's true. There weren't a lot of games where they said, like most games from that era were like, hold down the button, shoot infinitely. They're like, no, it's a little interesting. You're a little slow on your feet. You got to conserve your ammo. It's like a thinking man's survival thing. But why two over one is what I don't understand. Like, I understand why I would oh, right. like this remake over the first one. If you're putting all the value on the innovations, why not one? Yeah. It doesn't make sense to me. That's true. That's true. Not, like, me, I'm not going to argue yeah. in the sense that I feel that all two really added is they had two stories. Yeah. The stories mostly overlap, but each person does have access to a full area that yeah. the other doesn't. A 33% area. Right. right. Roughly. And they have different weapons. So, yeah, it's One a true... different weapon each. No. Right? No. More than that. Okay. Like, uh, it, you could argue the differences are minor, minor, but I feel like they feel very different. Uh, she tends to, Claire tends to have, like, revolvers with a slow rate of fire and lots of damage. Leon's pistol is a, you know, like a Beretta that a cop would carry. So it's like pop, 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 pop. Okay. That feels very different when you're talking sure. about a granular survival sure. horror game. I sucked with Claire's pistol for a long time and it yeah. added to the, I think one has a grenade launcher and one has something Yeah, Claire instead. has a grenade launcher. Leon has a flamethrower instead. I don't know. Shotgun. But the point is, I think there's like two or three weapons that differ actually. Okay. But to your point, you're right. Maybe just because it's the one that's sold that everyone remembers from this like correct time period, it has classic sequel formula. It's not like it invented new stuff. They were like, throw in a new character, a little more bonus content, but it one deserves more credit, probably. Like I think of this game as being sort of sneaky anime. Like it's 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 got like some of the look and tropes of anime, mm -hmm. like but very small versions of it so we think of it as being grounded well also the fact that i just think there's a there's a storytelling difference between like well film is getting weirder and weirder weirder sure. and weirder films are sure. getting more and more acceptance which sure. is cool yeah but traditionally let's say 10 years ago a zombie movie pretty much sticks to zombies i mean walking dead still if you know what i mean they look yeah. like a human corpse right that's standing Video games and comic books, for that matter, because they're longer form, have always been more about cool factor and therefore had license to be like, and I actually think that's, I think that's where it gets stupid. I understand why they're like, let's have liquors, let's have plant zombies, let's have yeah, Mr. Plant X. zombies, right. But you know, if I were making a movie, my note would be, 
now you got to explain how the plants obviously and the blah 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 yeah. the blah 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 and unless you have the storytelling skill of like an alex garland because annihilation kind of does have a conceit yeah that accomplishes all those things but they don't do that they actually go like well, now we have plant zombies, so we have to put some text they can find that has a convoluted B-plot about how the plant zombies no came about. They just build on the lore like it's a summer house with like no right. zoning they don't laws. Care. They just keep adding and adding. They don't care. That's why I, I, I still think that Resident Evil has the problem of basically needing to be contained to a house. Like well, I think the best versions of Resident Evil narratively are contained to like one small like acre of land, basically. I think people did find Seven Revolutionary because it was kind of the company go like, we're going back to our roots, motherfucker. But I think that was a good decision. No, I, yeah, I don't think it's a bad decision because yeah. as I've said, as I said in the Dead Space episode, survival horror is not my preferred genre. Right. So I'm not even going to say oh, Seven's bad. I'm going to say it was too scary for me to enjoy. I have a low threshold for that in games. The, to me, what made Seven more appealing than Two is the intimacy of it. Like in Seven, you're basically fighting four people. Yes, you know ba- that's basically it. And I think that is back to their roots because I think yeah. the big difference is in One and Two, especially because they don't regenerate. Like if, right. when you finally kill, you know every zombie in the mansion in Resident Evil Two, like in the yeah, police station. Eventually, yeah. And you see their corpse and stays there for the rest of the game. And you're like, ah, Sharon the zombie. I killed her third. <laughs> I remember it well. I have her molar on I a necklace. That, yeah. There's something that's really cool about that. And they yeah. pushed it even harder where yeah. they're like, there's only four zombies you care about, but they're so hard to kill. I thought that uh, <laughs> if I thought it was interesting because in Resident Evil 1's remake that I played on GameCube, yeah. sometimes they'd come back to life as like more intense zombies, like faster zombies. I already like claimed ignorance on most aspects of one. I don't remember that. that. It's just interesting like what the rules are. They'd come back multiple times in this, but once yeah, that's the right, animation that. would change though. When you killed them like the third time yeah. and you heard the right sound effect yeah. and saw the right yeah. animation, you'd be like, they're never coming that's back. It. That's that. That's it for Sharon. That's it, Sharon. Give me that fucking Sharon. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it, Sharon. <laughs> we asked you nicely. I need that herb, Sharon. <laughs> Um, it's really challenging, by the way, how many headshots you got to land to take one of these guys down. Like they yeah, don't. That's the scary. Those heads part, don't that's pop. That's the anxiety-inducing part. Right. Yeah. Most shooters, that head pops. You put one clean bullet into it. <laughs> this but game, it's, they're work. not. Yeah, I that's agree. good. I, I agree. That's not a complaint. What are the liquors like when you do engage them? I never fought one. Well, I think it's really important to have I, a grenade launcher. <laughs> it's oh, the okay. first thing. Like they don't die quick. Yeah, you know, like you gotta you gotta shoot them in the head several times, times. quickly, <laughs> yes, or else you're in deep shit, you know. And I forget the lore, but I'm in, I'm like, why? why it might are, not be intentional. They? Yeah, I'm sure part of the plot could be that there's random mutations that they're not controlling any longer. But well, why we know the, why is. long tongue? Why long tongue? I mean, because it's cool. I, I, <laughs> yeah. But we know there is because the main villain is a, a man made of eyes. Like you know what I mean? Like which he didn't intend probably. It doesn't seem like What if the project all along was shoulder eyes? They thought super soldiers needed shoulder eyes. Listen, you don't know how important that field of vision can be. Like maybe six inches lower than your regular eye and bigger. Holy shit. (laughs) And they're like, 
we're shutting you down. It costs trillions of dollars. You're just making shoulder eyes. And he's like, you just want credit for my work. Dude, no one wants credit for this. We're just shutting it down. Right. No, shoulder eyes can be on your tombstone. We don't care. I'm deleting this conversation. Yeah. Like, like, no one's going to remember it. Yeah, I don't think that the plot is as good as people think it is. What about but, the remake as a... I want to ask, why do you feel the dynamic has reversed, whereas, like, like psychoanalyze either one of us? Why would I... I mostly care mostly about story, and I feel like this game's very strong on story, and you mostly don't care as much about story. I don't care as much. you compared it to Metal Gear Solid. Because it's hokey. Which I consider the worst story in a AAA franchise running. Like, it's the worst one we got. It's out there. I mean, Anthem's gonna... But they're in their infancy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anthem's lore is really bad so far. I've heard that. I've played two hours of Anthem and not thrilled. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think mostly because... It's not that it's not tight or clear or uh, well-structured. Those things about it are good. It's just that the basic f- experience and tone of it are stupid, in my opinion. Do you feel that that's only true once you get into Act Three and you're in a land? No, it's time, it's no. like the whole time. Like, okay. part of it is bad voice acting. Like, it's interesting. I don't. It doesn't feel like they went back and fixed I, that. I don't think they used the original. No, are you no, sure? No. Are you sure about that? I should. The acting's really bad. I should have done more research into if the. Yeah, I wonder if the audio are just remastered audio yeah. files from back in the day, or they rehired actors to go into the booth. I don't. But we. But like, and I don't mean this to disparage. It's bad anybody. either way. It's, it's not bad. good. It's not good. Sure. Yeah. Like you wouldn't accept it in a video. You would right, say, but this sometimes is bad. you could. I'm just saying they could argue. You know how people do this. Like, but this is the criterion. We weren't going to fuck with the. You know, it is what it is. We're enshrining. Well, the that's. Thing. What, I think that people who think this is good narrative, and I'm not saying you, but like people who are really connected. I do to think it, it's good. Too. Well, I, how much do you like B movies? Because it really feels like a B movie to me. It doesn't to me. That's what I think is interesting. Really? to dig into. No, like even the tone of it feels. B-movie-ish. It feels like a tight. A person in trouble, shit gets worse and worse and worse, and against all odds, they finally succeed at the end, like Die Hard, and they go through some shit. Yeah, but there's not a single engaging character. Like, there's not a human being like like Bruce Willis's character in Die Hard. They are nowhere near as charming or endearing or relatable. But I do think I found this time that I was surprised at how much dialogue does make especially Leon relatable because I remembered him being like an alien. Um, Do you ever play dead to rights or Max uh, Payne? I Max guess Payne I played yeah. Max Payne actually has one layer, which is he's tortured. His past was bad, right? But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but like just cause or dead to rights. I forget which one I even mean has like super generic cop guy. All you know is he's good at copping. Sure. And I remembered Leon being that, but this time I was like, Oh, no, he has, like, a soft side. He's very empathetic. Mm. He always saves the cat. Yeah. He has, like, a coy innocence about him. Yeah, a boyish charm. I find myself falling for him day by day here at our estate in Winthrop. (laughs) Um, And then I thought Claire felt more like they added in a second character, and she just says what she needs to say to advance the story. That might have been true in 1998. Are you saying this still still feels true? That still feels true. I assume okay. they use the same script, if not the same files. I don't know, I I don't don't know. know for sure. But I'm, I'm just going to respond to it as it is now. Um, right. But no, so I would... She didn't feel real. I agree with that. And critique. you haven't played the whole Leon story. I haven't played all of Leon, so maybe that's fine. And he, I'm... 
not even putting him on the same level as how engaging John McClane is. Certainly. But more so than Claire. I, th- I saw okay. some, sh- some character uh, I'm development. I'm willing to accept that. Yeah. <laughs> it does seem to me like Claire got the lion's share of the meaningful narrative to this, though. Like she, It's her story where we get the entire scientist gone wrong, plus his daughter and wife story. Like All of that plays out in Claire's narrative. Right. It Which doesn't play out in Leon's, Actually, right? as Tom Ryman told us, they switched. Yes. The ending bosses used to be the opposite way. And I wonder if that's... So they obviously story took more some impactful. licenses. Well, if they're trying to do something about gender parity, it, I think it's undermined by the fact that they each have bonus one bonus costume. Did you check that out? No, but is it a swimsuit? Leon's is just slightly different looking full tactical gear. Right. Hers is a swimsuit and a cowboy hat. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's still a video game, dude. Those gamer gators, you don't want to lose that gamer gate dollar. They need their little boners I shouldn't. I shouldn't laugh. <laughs> I shouldn't, because it's so bad and dumb. It's actually, yeah, it's, it's bad. It's really bad and but really dumb, it's but also it's also funny. so predictable. And transparent. If yeah. you can't have your character dressed like Quiet, why are they even here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, Quiet is the only character and we want. And people are going to come at me, because it's not technically a bathing suit. I think it's like a mesh top and short shorts, but it, it, but it you, does that job. It was a funny way to say what I wanted to say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And if you check it out, the point is there. I'm not you know, pulling That's it out That's dumb. Of it, 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 who cares? You know, like, I, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, who cares? Who cares? I don't care about it. <laughs> but I mean, who cares? Like, why do I need that from a video game? I, I, like, oh. I would love to get into eroticism in video games well, later in some other place. There's a lot of... Yeah, you, you say. Finish your thought. <laughs> it's like... I, like for instance, I don't know why I want a boner at the same time as I want to be afraid of a zombie. Like I don't know why I want those two experiences simultaneous. I'll go you. Maybe one, people do. I don't want that. I'll go you? you one further. No, I don't. And as soon as I was old enough to have actually had sex a fair amount, and like I can cobble together memories and remember and be like, "Yep, sure. that's what sex is like." Sure. Like it wasn't some fantastical mystery in the future, like when you're 13, 14, right. 15. Right. Um, all kinds of media feels like, well, this is just to get a 16 year old so horny that they give you money, or I don't even understand the goal. And I'll go you one further. Like James Bond is weird to me. Sure. That he, I understand that it's a correct character choice that he would be gallivanting the, around sure. the globe boning women. But when we actually take the time to slow down and have a romantic love scene where the lighting and shots are designed as if I was like, I saw him kill some guys. Am I, am I supposed to now get a boner and then right. we'll cut back to killing right. guys? I don't understand why this is here. Like, <laughs> I'm told that like I'm told that this used to be an experience for people when they fought in war. You know what I mean? Like that they used to like they're like rape and pillage, right? Like that's what that's what it is. Are Mm. we trying to make that a sensation? (laughs) I don't understand it. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't get it either. Also, and like Game of Thrones, it's like I can see porn. I want to see people's faces get chopped off in thin slices on Game of Thrones. Yeah, I don't need butts. Game of Thrones is not. (laughs) As much violence and scare porn. Like, those feelings are opposite to me. That's what I don't understand. But that's what I'm saying is I always think sex is great to include in a story because it's one of the fundamental human interactions. I think we shy away from it too much. Yeah. But 
when you shoot it like a porn and the sh- like the editing is like it this is meant to arouse the tracing shots and so on i yeah. i question like how that tone got in there and why right and if it's just to get like the top 10 percent of people who are horny and think about sex all the time it's just to get them in the theater or game chair or like whatever. we need that <laughs> I don't, I, don't, I don't know. Are people stopping Mass Effect to like quickly jerk off to the sex scenes? Why? Are they Does picking it... the right people for that? Uh, <laughs> right. They are. Yeah. Uh, I, what uh, can I say? Uh, uh, what do the I most know? recent one that blew my mind was rewatching Space Jam. Um, yeah, they have all those sexy bunnies, right? Isn't and the well, they have sexy? one sexy bunny. Yeah. Lola? Like her Lola Bunny, but yeah. her number's 10 because she's a 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bill yeah. Murray is even obviously attracted to her. <laughs> and there's shots where they're low shots and she like bends down and her butt gets like big and sexy and round for your face to look at. And <laughs> what was weird is now as an adult to have the full understanding of like adults in their 30s to 50s Drew were this. like, we got to make the kids who will see this children's movie pop their little boners about this cartoon rabbit. That's going to help the movie. That's good for the movie. <laughs> That's was, how you sell a space jam right, right there. Like, why do you want me to be feeling this about this cartoon bunny? I don't understand. I don't understand the fusion. <laughs> it feels as antiquated as a number of things that inspired it, probably. Yeah. But just really quick. Back to the game. Oh, James, Bond, <laughs> James Bond is an interesting example because the amount of nihilism that man has to have in him to do what he does... Is like, oh, why haven't they made like a nihilist James Bond? <laughs> so, yeah. That's a movie I'd be interested well, in. Well, where he like cries after sex. Oh, oh, no, I don't think he feels. I think he's like oh, very okay. empty. You mean I explore it? Like an as incredibly if it empty man. Well, it is true because he is able to compartmentalize to an inhuman degree. He'll be like, let's have sex. This is good. It's a good opportunity for sex. This is the next thing I, I like do. you. And. If she had seen the movie, I would think most of the women he's with would be like, do you need some time? You just shot five guys in the head. And he'll be like, no, they were bad guys. It's nothing to me. That's fine. See, I, I classify them as bad guys. That's over. That's in the past. <laughs> and it's like you killed You're talking to the wrong guy. Beings. You're talking to the wrong guy. Me five minutes ago? Maybe he did. Me now? Nope. Don't need yeah. it. Yeah, I just think it's fascinating what it would be like to portray his actual nihilism. <laughs> like, oh my God. Well, to bring know? it back to zombies, that's what I always think is so interesting about things like The Walking Dead and Resident Evil falls sure. under this category too. If in life there was an epidemic, because we have epidemics, in history we have pandemics that took humanity by surprise and people right. got boils and died suddenly. Spanish influenza. If... Someone I love took sick as part of a pandemic and died and then came back and was exhibiting zombie-like symptoms. I still, because this is the real world, and I think most people would agree with me, I would not go, oh, zombie rules destroy their brain. They're not in there anymore. How do you know that? There's people who are schizophrenic. There's people in comas, but they're still in there. What if they're just really sick? What if they're real down in there? And I just imagine Resident Evil 2... The zombies all having a still functioning human mind that's thinking like, I know I can't control my bloodlust and I keep attacking this guy, but I'm really rooting for him. I hope he cures us. And he's like, pow, 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 I'm killing all these zombies. Yeah. What if they're just in sheer terror, like in a mind prison? Or, yeah, like as sick as you can be. But Yeah, you never see anybody doing experiments on a zombie to restore their humanity. That's a beat you never see in a movie. The humanoid ones are worse. Because to me, in Walking Dead, it is crazy cavalier how they're like... It, they're I not actually, in there anymore. They're right. just not in there. 
Yeah, to the point where it escalates. We're now episodes, you know, right. it's funny. They're just walking through the woods. They cut a zombie's head off, and it's the cold open. Right. And I just want the last episode to reveal, like, they were all human. They all were like, please help us. That's all they were doing. Right. Yeah. Just, just one stray electrode is probed into the wrong spot, and you hear it. You know, oh, like- my God. Or someone does come with a big baggie of pills. They're like, we invented this. You pop it. In 24 hours, they're back to their old selves. As long as you didn't destroy their brain. It's me, Tim. I remember every single thing. Uh, No good. Uh, That would be pretty sad. Um, Okay, so is there anything better about this one in terms of the puzzles than other Resident Evils in your mind? In my mind, that they're more organically woven into the world and that they're less obtrusive. Admittedly. That's true. They're not as dumb. It's a big offer in the same way that Silent Hill goes there. It's a big offer that there's like a gothic underground section to this small town police station. And (laughs) the police station being in a museum is also insane. And if you have a trillion dollar underground lab. Right. That you still left one door that connects the underground tunnels from the gothic era to the lab. Right. Like you can get there to there. Why that? (laughs) I still found that the puzzles, I was like, at least the puzzle is. There's a novelty badge, and you have to open the inventory and look at it, and you realize, oh, it's a USB drive. Or there's buttons missing from a control panel, and you find the buttons. One, if it did come back to me as you described it, and I do remember one very much more being kind of like Seven does more homages to. Yeah. It's like you have a quarter of a lion emblem from the 1700s, <laughs> bronze bronze one, and you got to put it on the right pedestal and be like, now and I need like, the silver uh, one and the yeah. platinum one. Yeah. yeah. And Who this, made this bullshit? Yeah. yeah. This game at least only had, it had the three emblems at the beginning. You pop them in the statue. Everything else that I remember is pretty much like, Oh, that object could exist in that none environment. Of key, none of the keys and locks, not a single heart shaped oh. clover shaped fucking spade-shaped key. The locks in this station are based on suits and a deck of cards. No. It's kind of far. That's yeah. stupid. Yeah. Not impossible, but real dumb. Real like in dumb. a museum? If you're the curator of that museum, you're like, hey, Freddy, I, I know how cute well, you got with the locks, but this isn't art, bro. This is a problem in all survival horror games that are confined to. Because here's the thing that's different than film that I actually think... I want your idea on what solutions or good tactics are. How do you resolve this? Because in a game, of course, you're controlling the thing, so you have much more of a feeling of, I would have done that, or why can't I do that? And it's so easy in a survival horror game. Let's say, in 7, people often point out, all you want to do is get out, and there's a point at which you realize your girlfriend, like it's basically too late for her. And many of the windows have... A not convincing amount of boarding up. Right. Why aren't you kicking? You that like out? kick yeah. the window and right. crawl out and Why walk you, to your car. You spend so much time <laughs> hammering up the windows in this game. Right. You know to keep zombies out. And I don't know what the best solution for that is, but RE2 also has that problem. <laughs> well, <laughs> there were a lot of things where I'm like, "Well, I would do that. Why well, burn this building down? You know, Resident stuff like Evil that." One. It was at a level where it was like these were cops. And it seemed like there was reasons for them to try and figure out what was going on here. Like they were in an investigation. Well, and, and Claire, they give her, she's trying to keep a child alive. That's human. That's engaging. Trying to find out what happened to her brother, I think. But 
as we said, like a third of the way through, you can find that letter in the locker room, and but she, goes, she doesn't believe it. Right. But she go, but she does feel like, oh, he's not here. And then she goes, you know, but I'm right. gonna get you to your mom. Don't worry. Her mission becomes sure. getting the kid back to her mom. Sure, that was also kind of a big offer, in my opinion. Well, and um, that it turns out that her that she happened to survive and be wandering around, and her mom happens to be uh, the other lead of the project, and she's engaged in this massive battle with her husband, who was the guy who got zombified by his own virus. That's completely absurd. Yeah, everything but connects fine. in a soap sure. opera way. Yeah, sure. I mean, also, and I'm, I'm I know we're well, harping the, on the, the story. corrupt police. Chief. Yes, what is his deal? That's exactly what I was going to get um, to. I gotta say that reminded me of like, did you see the season of Dexter with Lithgow? I saw pieces of it. I didn't watch the whole thing. I felt like he elevated because I forget which story he's in. Is he in Claire's story? He's not in one of he's them. He's in Claire's. Okay. Yeah. He features largely in Claire's story and he's very little in Leon's. Real silly. Oh, it's, I thought it's just silly. interesting. I, the, he reminded me of the Trinity Killer, which people consider like such a great, menacing, iconic season long arc. And to me, I was like, he really elevates it because. He really horrified me, and he is scary. In the remaster, his design is very good. Like you fucking hate his guts. Yeah, you believe he's sociopathic. You believe yeah. he would kill a child. Escaping in the nursery as the little girl escaping from him was maybe my favorite segment. The main thing that people always forget about sociopaths is that they're very good at convincing you they aren't sociopaths. That's right. like a number one ingredient to being a sociopath. So it's always weird to me when like a corrupt police chief comes out there and like just stay away from her, god damn it, with the gun blazing. I, th- I like, think why does he talk her out of it? It's more accurate to call him a psychopath, and we're probably yeah. doing sociopaths yeah. a disservice. So apologies. Yeah. But it does make you wonder, well, if he's a psychopath with anger problems, whose solution is I'll just fucking shoot you. No, this kid's getting murdered and I'm getting the money. Like he's just that. Right. How does he hold down his job as police chief day to day? Like the public facing well, part. Again, I think it relies on our prejudices about cops, right? Like, and like, sure. okay, fair enough. You know, like <laughs> sure. there are maniac cops. So, okay, yes. fair enough. This seems a little insane, but fine. Well, it's you know. a horror story yeah. and he's built up sure. into being one of the horror antagonists. Cause of course you don't want, ideally in your zombie thing for the only threat to be zombies. You want some evil people. <laughs> I think that I would have, again, I, I, I just feel like the difference between this kind of character and the ones in one is that in one, everybody seems to be trying to solve a problem, but like they're severed off for various reasons. And so you don't feel like you're dealing with an antagonist. You feel like you're dealing with a house. That's the antagonist. And this game chose to give you the cop and like, you know, the zombies also. And then Mr. X and like just all these things that were like, like layers on layers of bad guys. And that's interesting. Maybe people like having bad guys more than they like. Well, and what's her name? The project lead lady that you're trying to get back to the ruthlessly heartless woman is kind of amoral and neutral in Claire's story and is even worse in Leon's. Like in Leon, she's your antagonist. She's constantly fucking with you and actually. She seems she's <laughs> <Awful>. immediately un- <laughs> unlikable. Well, she decided to abandon her child during right. the zombie outbreak. And kind of <laughs> doesn't give a shit ever until the very end. She's like, what have I done? And you're like, right. been you're a like, terrible mother? You know what like, you did. Yeah. Every step you know what you were doing. Right. Like, you put your work over the kid. That's yeah. a choice. You just have to live with it now. Sometimes a monster <laughs> is born and you're among them. I, you know, like, I don't know what to say to you. Uh, okay. So gameplay wise, they chose to model this after four. 
Do you have any complaints? I, I liked it quite a bit. No, I like it better, but I understand if people who are more survival horror junkies think it was a terrible decision because I do feel that part of the survival anxiety and two came from the controls being bad. I think that's a, ch- a stupid reason to have anxiety. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, like for but instance, you can't control what I'm just saying. When I play that game, I get anxiety. No, from no, it. I, I mean that's a stupid game design reason to create anxiety. Oh, oh that's oh, what oh. I mean. Yeah, I, I, not not. I agree. I think it's a limitation that they passed off as it kind of works with the tone anyway. Right. Bad <laughs> yeah. bad controls are not a good design strategy, even if you build a narrative about it. What's another one where I? Well, I can't off the top of my head, but I do feel like there are three or four games I could think of if you gave me two minutes where you're like, they tried to pass off bad controls as part of the game, but they're just bad controls. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, I can't think of any offhand either. But Good, because we're out of fucking time. Okay. Passing a liquor quietly so Dumb. as to keep our bullets. It's going to bite you in the ass later. For later engagements, <laughs> we swiftly bring the proceedings to a close mm. with a little segment called Keep or Delete. Keep or Delete. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. Land.com can help you find that little patch of ground to call your own and do all the hunting, fishing, and hanging out with the family you want. Just know that getting your own piece of land is something that can generate memories for generations, but also has the ability to generate income in both the near and long term. Like if you just want to start a rental business slash family compound. Go to Land.com and check out the hundreds of thousands of rural listings from all across America. Enough dreaming about it. Land.com is a place to find and invest in in your open space. Uh, 
I'm deleting this. Are you, are you going to oh, keep it? Dang, dang. Well, I, like, <laughs> we'll say a little piece about it. This segment's becoming <laughs> too short. Just, yeah, because <laughs> well, we're, we're too we're too presumptuous about it. I don't think this game is like among the most important survival horror games. Not even like not the remake nor the original. I could see a case for Resident Evil One, and I can see a case for Resident Evil Four. I'm gonna ask, not ask you for your number one because it's hard on the spot, but. Does anything rise to the surface of your mind? Dead what Space. are the most important influential Dead survival Space horror is, games? Is okay. a better one. Um, I should make a list of that because because it'd be hard to entirely exclude Resident yeah, Evil. Yeah, that'll get you directing work. Right. <laughs> we should all go home Here's and a make list. lists of video games. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> Way to advance in your career with your lists. I mean, Resident Evil One. It's hard to understate how important it was. That's why I don't understand why everyone's got such a two boner. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> like one is a big leap forward in video games. Two is a little more of it. Yeah, like a little better, a little more. Everyone's got their Alan two dicks all boned up <laughs> over Resident Evil two. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I wouldn't keep this. I might keep one, and I might keep four. And that's it for me. I would keep two and four over one. Yeah, because I don't remember it. Oh man, we got to play that one. There's then. probably a reason everyone agrees with me, or like, or I, I agree with them rather. I think it's probably a better game. But Did it like, just sell more? Is that why people talk about it more? I also think it's like it's fans talking, not like people who play video games, but like mm. people who are fans of this series. All I can say is I think Resident Evil is a notable franchise, and if I would keep any, it would be two for all the reasons I mentioned. And four for gameplay. And even four is on the fence. Because when I first played yeah. through it, I'm like, this is how Resident Evil should be. Right. But as I said. It's really good. As I age and like pl- I've played through it like two or three times, I'm still like, this is really good. But I never feel scared. And it feels really like cartoony. And that bothers me more than it used to. So many games are built on it now. Like it's like such a building block for yeah. games now. Which Resident Evil is not. But four well, is. four also had, I mean... With the Wii mode, it really felt like a motion control, yeah. the same as a VR yeah. wand feels. So it's like four was really ahead of its time. They don't yes. do that again till seven no. because that incorporated the VR. Yeah. I mean, yeah, four is a really important game, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't, I feel like the people who th- are saying two is the best Resident Evil, and I, I can't say this for sure. Are zombies. <laughs> but it's like, you know how there's like a faction of people that are saying, like, Majora's Mask, dude, is like a top two Zelda. Like, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Like, Majora's Mask, bro. And it's like, yeah, okay. Are it's, we finding out you don't like Majora's Mask? I think it's great. I don't think it's, like, in the top five. Uh, maybe I don't Where think it's in the like, top three. No, it's Ocarina. Majora's it's Mask Ocarina, is just a sequel. It's Breath of the Wild. It's the original Legend of Zelda. It's when Wind Waker. Like, you know what Wind I mean? Wind Waker. I don't think Wind Waker is that just, important in the Zelda canon, personally. But. Fair enough. And we can debate that in some other episode. Right. But I think that's what we're dealing with here. Just because you radically change the way it looks doesn't mean the gameplay is innovative. That's my two cents on Wind Waker. Oh, we're going to have to talk about that one day. But, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe one keep, one delete. What did you think? Type it in. Yeah. Let us know in a place where we can read it. Is one better than two? If yeah. so, why is two the one everyone talks about? Why two, not one? I'd like to hear people's cases. For Are that. you a Leon or a Claire? Take our <laughs> quiz. Find out. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. 
The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You're at a place you just discovered. And being an American Express Platinum card member with Global Dining Access by Resi helped you score tickets to quite the dining experience. Hey, chef. You're looking at something you've never seen before, much less tasted. After your first bite, you say nothing because you're speechless. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your dining experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.